Welcome to the Career Medis Podcast. I'm your host, Nisar Ahmad, and this is episode 46 of the Career Medis Podcast. Um, this particular episode is part of uh, a Day in the Life of series. Uh, in each of these episodes, I have been in de- uh, conducting interviews with individuals from different careers, different professions. Uh, and for today's episode, I'm speaking with Michael M. Key, uh, who is an audio engineer. Michael will be sharing uh, his experience how he got started in the profession as an audio engineer, where he stands today, what uh, some of the benefits he sees in the role, some of the challenges, etc., etc. Hey, Michael, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. I'm always uh, I'm excited to learn more uh, because uh, the world of technology is always changing. So love to get your, get your perspective as we go along. But the first question I always ask my guest is where they're calling from. I am calling from Kissimmee, Florida. And for the people who haven't been there before, or even even people who have been there but they may not know, what are some of the fun? Like, do you have like a fun fact that's that about uh, the city? Fun fact? I actually, I could be more. More fitting to say fun places to go when you come down here. Kissimmee is just south of Orlando, Florida, which is home to Walt Disney World, SeaWorld Orlando, and Universal Studios Orlando, which are, are all tourist and theme park locations. And for those who are wrestling fans, it's also home of this year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 33, uh, which is here happening uh this weekend as we're talking yeah i did see that on my facebook feed wrestlemania is happening so that's that's good to know it's very timely then our interview um and i'm based in toronto and um in canada we do have a special relationship with florida where every winter uh we call them snowbirds uh, they, yep. they, 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 these are people who don't like the canadian winter they move to florida so i think in the winter you will see a lot of canadians there yeah. Well, also too, um, a couple hours south of me here is uh, Dundee, which is also the home of the Toronto Blue Jays spring training. Interesting. Very interesting. I actually so, did not know that. So I, that's why I like asking these questions. You said you're in Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're uh, second tier minor league club, which is in the ECHL, is the Orlando Solar Bears. Interesting. Interesting. So, so Toronto connections all around. Toronto, <laughs> Orlando connections all around. Well, that's good to know, Michael. So, why don't you take us uh, through your uh, role? Like, what? Actually, first of all, for those of you who do not know, what does an audio engineer do? What does an audio engineer do? Well, several different things. Um, when you go to a live concert, you see. A bunch of chairs and then there's like an open area where there's no chairs but you see a bunch of gear and gadgets one of those guys is a lighting operator the other guy is the audio engineer or what we call front of house engineer 
And then when you look at the stage, you might see another guy behind another type of desk or table or console. Uh, we, we tend to call them desks on one side of the stage. Usually, uh, as you're looking at the stage on the right-hand side of the stage, that's the monitor engineer. He's the one, he or she is the one handling all the little wedges, or all the speakers or wedges aimed back at the musicians or the talent on stage. Audio engineer could also be the person who who runs the sound for a TV broadcast, uh, for like your news. Uh, we're, we're usually behind the scenes people for any, any production that you see on TV or on theater or live concert, even sporting events. There, there's an audio engineer somewhere. Yeah, thanks for uh, describing that. I think uh, most people have gone to a live event, so they now put things into perspective. Um, and could you tell a little bit about your story, how you came, um, how how you went about becoming an audio engineer? I I started out. Well, I'm 46 now. Uh, I started in the entertainment industry when I was 16, so a little over 30 years ago. Um, I think this year will be my 31st year in the industry. Uh, when I originally started, I've always been fascinated by sound and by audio. Have been ever since I saw Star Wars the first time in 1977. Um, I know that makes me old. That makes me ancient <laughs> these days. Um, but to, to see that, that movie changed my life and not realizing it, 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 it helped mold me into what I wanted. I knew I wanted to do something with, with audio as I got older, the more and more I saw the movies, the more and more I, I got in, in depth with the movies and always been one who, when I played as a kid, I always, it, it wasn't one of those, okay, you know, how we all are with kids. Oh, here's this, here's that. Oh, they're going to crash. Boom. Okay. Next thing. No, I, I laid out the, I, I, according to my parents, I would sit down and literally plan out all the sounds of different weapons or the different vehicles. And I would recreate those sounds to the best that I could while playing. So, so I guess it, it hit me then, but as I got into high school and I'm like, you know, I want to do the theater. I want to go into theater. I want to go into entertainment. And I had the opportunity when my family lived in New York to, to get involved in a an off-Broadway production, professional production that was coming into our town. Uh, I started off on lights there, but I always hung out with the audio guys as well. Um, if there wasn't anything going on that was that I was needed for during rehearsals. So the audio booth was right below me. So I went down and hung out around the audio booth and watched what they were doing because I was fascinated. Well, that was always during the summer. In between, I started off as a DJ, and that's how I learned to, to work more with the gear that I was working with, you know, the audio consoles, uh, tape decks, amps, processors, all of that. And then the next summer, I go back to work at that professional show. So when I applied for college, I wanted to go for audio. Uh, I started off at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh. I wanted to, I wanted to go for audio, but they didn't have an audio program. Uh, they had a lighting program, 
uh, lighting and sync design. So I was there for light, ended up going for lighting. I already had lighting experience as well. But my work study was in the audio lab. And I'm helping seniors splice their their audio projects that they had to do. I was getting paid like 150 bucks a pop to do uh, to do the splicing project because they didn't want to do it. And I love doing it. Um, and, and splicing is where you take a, a section of tape and you cut out anything in between to try and and then take those two tape ends and put them back together. So you're cutting out a section of tape that that's not necessary and, and put it back. Uh, now in, in the digital world, it's like removing silence or, or removing mistakes on a recording. You could just highlight and, and, and hit delete. Well, on tape, if you made a mistake, well, it was kind of hard to go back and erase it and, and redo it. So a lot of times you just splice it out. And, and that's, yeah, I, I became real proficient at, at splicing and over a couple of other schools that I went to, I finally found a school here in the Orlando, Florida area uh, called Full Sail. And of course it's had a couple of different names. When I started, it was Full Sail Center for the Recording Arts. Uh, as I graduated the school, it was Full Sail Center or Full Sail Real World Education. Uh, I'm not sure. I think now it's called First Full Sail University. But it's, I got the most out of it. You know, I had done a couple shows in college and outside in, in the local community uh, that I was living in when I was in Louisiana doing audio, still as a paid professional. But in college, I learned to do some sound design. Uh, and the one show that I worked on that I met my wife on, uh, that show won best, best technical direction or best technical performance. Uh, by the local newspaper, and it was because of the sound and the sound design. So I was very proud of that that accomplishment. I, and then now I'm uh, just got done celebrating 19 years uh, back in February with Walt Disney World, where I've been an audio engineer uh, the whole time I've been here. Well, congratulations on your tenure. Uh, that's a that's a great. I mean, seems like you've naturally grown into this role over the over the course of your career. Yeah. So, thirty years in the business, over twenty four as an audio engineer, nineteen years at, at Walt Disney World. Uh, I couldn't be happier. I, I, I feel uh, very accomplished in what I've done. Uh, I had some goals when I was early in, you know, before I graduated high school, and yeah, maybe those goals never never laid out but i'm successful in other ways and i'm i'm happy with the goals that i've got now and, and the accomplishments that i've had since that's wonderful that's great to hear uh so michael i wanted to ask what does a day-to-day look like for you today uh well like today uh i'm i'm at walt disney world uh epcot center and um well we'll throw in another connection uh, i'm working at the canada stage at epcot in the Canadian Pavilion. Uh, and my show, or the, with the show that I do, we do five shows a day or, or five sets, which is another uh, industry term or musician entertainment term is a set. Um, and we do five, <clears throat> excuse me, we do five sets a day and uh, they're about 25, 30 minute sets. 
Um, and so not only do I run lights and audio for that, I also have to help maintain their monitors and make sure that what they're, they're needing out of their wedges is the same. So I'm kind of doing double duty, front of house and monitors and running lights, so triple duty. Um, but I always, you know, one of the first things I have to do when I get here is I have to set up the stage. I have to set out all the microphones. I have to uncover all my speakers. I have to do a speaker test or a component test, make sure all the different components are, are working properly. Um, do a light check, make sure all my lights are working. If not, um, I, I then report it to, to my superiors that I, I've got problem here. We need to try and fix it. Or I need another speaker to replace because the, the monitor went bad and, and here's where the monitor problem is. Or I need a new light because it's burned out. Um, it, because we're now using LED lights to try and be a little greener. So it's not, it's not as easy as it was in the past. Oh, the light went out, just change the bulb. No, uh, we have to change the whole fixture now and send the fixture off for repair when, when that happens. And then at the end of the night, uh, once after we're done with the final set, it's, I have to go down, cover everything up, strike all my microphones or, or pack up the microphones. We call it striking. And, and then just make secure the booth, make sure the booth, everything's shut off in the proper way. Uh, the console or the desk is covered up, um, and then go back, turn in my keys, and, and head home. And for most of the daily op stages here at, Ep at Epcot or even at Disney, that tends to be uh, pretty much the same, same formula day to day. The only time it changes slightly is on a convention or special event, or if we're at the main stage here at Epcot, called the American Gardens Theater, where we tend to get a lot of uh, national acts or, or, or international touring acts like the Guess Who or the Bit Little River Band or uh, Night Ranger, groups like that. So of all the things that you do on a daily basis, what, what are some of the things that you enjoy about the role? I know you mentioned you love your job and what you're doing, but are there things that particularly you, you love the most? Uh, I love mixing. Uh, there's nothing like mixing. Knowing that I, I help the band shape what sound is going out to the guests is, is exhilarating, I guess would be a word to use. Um, it's thrilling. I, I just love the, the whole process of mixing, of knowing the songs, knowing when I need to boost what person or what instrument for what solo or, or what needs to be put out for, you know, for a feature. Um, and then when they make a mistake on stage, knowing how to help cover it up some so it's not as as painful, I guess being a, a word to use, as, as painful uh, sounding when it comes out. Uh, like one of the shows we did today, one of the performers jumped ahead a song and they, they almost skipped a song. And, and I, because I'm so used to the cueing, I took my light cue with that announcement and i'm like oh okay so we're in the song or in the set uh nope we still have one more song so making that adjustment it's like oh okay so anything can happen during a live situation and i, I, I don't want to say it's it's like nascar and you're waiting for that crash or, or you're or i'm waiting for that mistake or that oops moment to happen but 
sometimes it is. So that, that's what makes it fun about mixing. Anything can happen at any time. So I also now want to ask you a question on the flip side. Um, what are some of the challenges one will face in your job? Oh, when gear goes down. <laughs> it, when gear goes down and you and and you don't have enough time between shows to, to fix something properly a lot of times and, and you still go and, and you have to get it done. Uh, it, it's sort of like um, Scotty from Star Trek. Now, he, he always gave, uh, if you ever notice, he, he always, when Captain Kirk asked, well, how, how long is it going to take you to fix this? The answer he always gave was in multiples of four. And when he was questioned, you know, why do you do that? He goes, well, I got to look like a miracle worker. It's, it's almost the same way when we have stuff go down. No matter, we try not to, to cause a show to go down if we don't have to. A lot of times if we have a show go down, it's because of weather. Because when we get into our rainy season here in Florida, I mean, it rains, it pours. So a lot of times we'll lose shows due to lightning or we'll lose shows to excessive rain and it's something that can't be controlled. But if we have a gear issue go down, say I have a bad mic cable, well, I could I can fix the mic cable and, and that's an easy fix. I If we have a speaker go down, well, I can, I can replace the speaker, you know, the, the stage wedge, I can fix that. Uh, it's just whether I get that wedge here in time before the next show or not. If not, it's, well, I don't have it. You're going to have to, can you do a show without your wedge this show and we'll have it next show? If not, I got down the show because the wedge is blown and I couldn't get one out here in time and I can't find one in time to get it. It's coming from another, from maybe another park and it's just not going to get here in time. So that that's some of the things I hate. I hate when things go down and, and, and not work because then I'm at the mercy of how quick can we get gear here to replace it? And do I have time to fix, to, to get it replaced? And can we do a, a, a limped show or, or, or show with this particular gear down until we could get it fixed by the show after that? So it, it's, yeah, gear down is the, it's the best thing that I don't look forward to in the job. I, I hate when problems pop up, but I think that could happen with any any job in any everyday scenario. Yeah, totally. I agree. I mean, uh, every every job has a challenge, but it's always good to know what each job's challenge yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, so then the next question I have is if someone listening to this saying things, oh, wow, this is cool. Uh, I, I want to pursue this career. Uh, how does one go about becoming an audio engineer? There, there are many different ways. Um, I, I went the higher education route. Um, I went to di a couple different colleges trying to find what was the best fit for me uh, before I went to Full Sail. Uh, full Sail is almost like a tech, well, when I was there, it was almost like a technical college. And it still kind of is today, but it, it, it is, but it isn't. The nice thing with Full Sail is I got a lot of hands-on on the gear uh, a better understanding of the process of the processing equipment I was working on, the software I was working on when we were doing some digital stuff. 
just a lot of hands-on, which I felt was great for me because I'm a hands-on type of guy. I'm a visual learner. I'm a hand, I'm a touch and touch and go type learner as well. But I know several people who never went to college and they just happened to part you know, go get a job originally as, um, it's like a grunt or a, a, a roadie, so to speak, and help push gear around and, and work in an audio production house where they helped set up and, and, and send out audio gear for different concerts, uh, help test the gear, you know, maybe do some work you know, when things are slow, maybe set up a system, learn how to troubleshoot, run some mixes, uh, maybe go out work a work at a bar or at a club doing mixes in a band, you know, for the club or maybe work with a band. That was another way you've learned. Uh, some people went straight into the union, uh, IOTSE, and did their apprenticeship through that and did the tra their training and everything through that. Uh, there's many different ways. Uh, so whether you you take the higher education route or or you you did some some time working in the clubs, working the smaller venues, volunteering, DJing, it's different ways. It's once you decide you get into it, what do you do from there? How how thirsty is your knowledge of audio after you do it? That that's more important than how do you get to it? It's how thirsty is your knowledge to want to do it? Because um, I'm always learning new things and new tricks and, and new tips. So education doesn't stop once you once you get there. You're always learning something new. Now, you didn't mention higher education. So I'm just curious, for someone to get started, uh, do they need a degree or, any, or, a, or some type of certification? Depends on the job that you're applying for. Some places they they want to see that you you took that time and, and went to school. Uh, other places, they could care less. Uh, it, it just depends on the nature. I mean, it, it's like any job that you that that you see in the papers. You know, what what are, what are the qualifications they're looking for? Now, is it something where they'll they'll teach you uh, on the job? Is it something where they expect you to have a specific amount of knowledge and experience before you get there, you know, that type of thing. I mean, for me, it was when I, when I got done with full sale, even though I, I had many years in the experience and I had already done something equivalent to an internship. Some of the recording studios I was looking at before I got hired by Disney, they were going, well, this is cool, but how much, how much time in a recording studio do you have? I don't have a lot. Well, contact us when you have three years recording studio experience or or something equivalent where you're you're mixing on a more regular basis than what you've been doing already. Okay. Well, now being with Disney, a lot of that's no longer an issue because uh, I've got the time, I've got the proven experience uh, of consistent consistent audio work. I, I don't have that problem anymore with some of these requirements if I decide to leave Disney. Okay. Uh, and let's say someone gets started, uh, Michael. What does an ideal career path look like? Is there an end game or is there a path? Is, is there an end game? Uh, it's 
sky's the limit really with what you want to do with it. I mean, for me, there were a couple times, especially since like with, with Disney, we're, we're getting ready to open up uh, two new lands here at Disney's Hollywood Studios, the Star Wars land and a Toy Story land. Uh, me being the Star Wars fan, I would love to put my mark on the Star Wars universe and be involved in helping create some some sound, you know, some sound effects or sound designs for that. But that would mean I would have to leave the department I'm in now and leave the conference of knowing I'm mixing almost daily out here, you know, five days a week, you know, because I do get two days off. Um, but with five days a week, I'm on, I'm mixing at least anywhere from three to five of those days. Uh, I mean, I, I do get some days where I, I'm not mixing at all, but to go from that to, to a gig that, well, for right now, it'd be good for a year and a half, almost two years. But af after the, after the Star Wars land opens, do I get kept with Imagineering or do I go back to the tech ranks? And if I go back to the tech ranks, I lose some seniority and, and whatnot. So th there's some pros and cons there. But with what I'm doing now, it's some good, I got some good stuff going on. I mean, I'm also a podcaster, just like yourself. And with podcasting, you know, I, I do my own editing. I do my own uh, recording and everything. Uh, the way I do it's different from how other people do it. But with that, I, I, I think for me, audio-wise, that's where I, I see myself with more growth. I, I think I'm where, I, where I'm happy to be with my real job as an audio engineer until I retire, if I retire. But on the podcast side of things, I can see myself growing more there, especially in audio. And, that, and that's where my next step with audio has taken me, is I'm very happy with my, my daily job. It's now, even though I've incorporated with my, with my podcast, and it's still somewhat of a hobby is how can I take that growth and my audio growth there and expound on it more and, and make it as successful and prosperous as I am my, my normal audio job. Okay. Uh, so the last question for today, uh, Michael, is what advice will you give to someone who wants to get into this field? Same advice I would give to anyone for whatever field. If it's something you want to do, do it. Don't let anyone tell you you're not going to be good at it. I've had people tell me that through the early stages of my life, even while I was in college. And you know what? I'm, like I said, 30 years in the industry. If I listened to all those naysayers, I would have never hit probably 10 years in the industry. To me, I let that I let those comments and that negativity fuel my fire to to prove them wrong, and, and prove that no, I I can do it, and and I'm I'm going to be successful at it, and and I think I have been. So I'm lucky. Uh, for for most audio engineers, they don't get a a 40 hour work week with benefits and and perks, whereas with me at Disney. I'm living the dream being in the entertainment industry, being an audio engineer with a 40-hour work week, with benefits, with perks, and, and life is good. 
That's wonderful. That's actually solid advice for anyone listening, no matter what you do. So, um, Michael, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing your experience and your wisdom. It was a great um, having you on the podcast. Oh, thank you very much for having me on. You're welcome. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Career Medis Podcast. If you enjoyed this particular episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or a review. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share this among your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medis Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.